1: Ukrainian President Zelensky asked the U.S. for more powerful weapons.
2: Lots of things are going to be more expensive, more difficult to come by as a result of the instability now.
1: Senator Elizabeth Warren sounds the alarm for Democrats at the midterms.
3: If we don't get up and deliver, then I believe that Democrats are going to lose.
1: Former Utah Senator Orrin Hatch dies at 88. As a Senate
4: and as a nation... You listen to our better angels.
1: This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, April 25th. I'm Mike Scott. Dinesh D'Souza's new documentary, 2000 Mules, is coming to a theater near you for two nights only on May 2nd and May 4th. Did operatives stuff ballot drop boxes during the 2020 election? Was the 2020 election really the most secure election in American history? Or were there widespread voter irregularities that have gone previously unreported? In this new film, with research from TrueTheVote.org, D'Souza examines these claims using geospatial and telemetric data along with security camera footage obtained through open records requests to track the movement of so-called mules, as they visited ballot drop boxes in multiple states around the country. Watch the documentary, decide for yourself. On May 2nd and May 4th, you can attend a limited premiere release of 2,000 Mules in a theater near you by visiting 2000mules.com. Tickets are extremely limited, so get yours today. At 2000mules.com, that's the number 2,000 mules.com Russia's invasion of Ukraine entered its third month on Sunday. The conflict has killed thousands and led to the worst refugee crisis Europe has seen since World War II. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is pressing the West for more powerful weapons while Russian forces concentrate their attacks on the east including trying to dislodge the last Ukrainian troops from the battered port of Mariupol. Zelensky says he's looking for the Americans to produce results both in arms and security guarantees. National Security Advisor John Feiner maintains Russia has already
5: lost. Russia is more isolated than the world. Its economy is weaker. They are failing at uh, virtually every one of their initial objectives. And our con- objective is going to be to continue that trend.
1: Feiner says
5: things are not going well for the Russians. In our view, Russia has already uh, lost Uh, has already lost many of its initial war aims. They have uh, intended to divide the West. They have resulted in a a West and a NATO alliance that is much more united than it's ever been. They thought that they would unsettle and undermine and maybe even overthrow the Ukrainian government. President Zelensky is firmly entrenched in power and Ukrainian democracy uh, continues. Feiner explains what the goal of the U.S. is in Ukraine, our objective is to continue to enable the types of activity that allowed Ukrainians to win a victory in the battle for Kyiv. Russia intended to take over the capital of Ukraine to topple the Ukrainian government. The Ukrainians won that battle. We think that exact approach is going to be the way we follow through in the in the battles ahead. Now focused on the south and the east.
1: Meantime, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo joined the Hugh Hewitt Show to discuss the latest in Ukraine and what he feels is the broken state. Of the
2: UN, it is horrific to see uh, what's taking place in places like Bucha and on and all across Ukraine. The horrific pictures that we know to be true are so so deeply disturbing. It's why deterrence matters. It's why you needed to stop this thing before it ever took place. Today, today the mission set is to continue to do everything you can uh, to highlight these atrocities so the world can see what's really taking place. So disinformation doesn't flood the space by from the Russians. Second. Provide the tools that the Ukrainians ask for.
1: Pompeo believes the U.S. should rethink our membership with the United
2: Nations. And then even the U.N. Security Council itself, right? Russia, a member. China, a member. Even the Security Council itself has demonstrated its inability to deal with what is fundamentally a problem that looks and feels a lot like the very reason it was created, right? It followed from World War II. We now have uh, the Russia attacking a European nation It is broken, and I think our continued involvement there ought to be reconsidered in a very, very serious way. We got out of the U.N. Human Rights Council. I think now our money going there is really questionable.
1: Pompeo also believes that once the war in Ukraine is finally over, that Germany and the rest of Europe will see the importance of a real energy policy that does not rely on Russia. When I was a secretary
2: of state, I dealt with him a fair amount on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline issue. Uh, trying to convince him that this day would come, that the Russians would use energy against the Ukrainians, against the Germans in a way that would harm the people of Germany. Uh, you know, uh, pushed and shoved, he's now gotten to a better place. I hope that when, when this moment, when this crisis passes, when the peak of this moment passes, that Chancellor Schultz will come to understand that uh, windmills and sunshine are fun and interesting, but they're not going to do the things we need to do to keep our people safe. They need to get an energy policy that makes sense, and it needs to be supported by an American energy policy that helps them get to the right place. We can deliver them the natural gas and fuel that they need. I hope that the Greens and Schultz inside of Germany will come to see that and build on it in the years ahead.
1: Pompeo shares what he believes must be done to curtail Vladimir Putin's threats of using nuclear weapons.
2: The most important thing we can do is, and one of the things that Ambassador O'Brien highlighted, was that we have to be very clear about the things that we will do and we need to make damn sure that we are actually prepared to do the things we tell Vladimir Putin that we're going to do. Right. So there are, there are so there are so that clarity, that transparency, that that communication is absolutely central. So that Vladimir Putin can put that into his thought process and his cost-benefit analysis when he's considering whether that's something he actually wants to do if it's in his best interest. This is the cold-hearted, thuggish Vladimir Putin that will do simple math to decide if what makes sense for him.
1: Pompeo went on to explain to Hugh Hewitt that should Vladimir Putin use weapons, the U.S. should not deliberate on what course to take.
2: And if he should make such a mistake, if he should do something so, so dangerous, so, so abhorrent as to use a tactical nuclear weapon against civilian populations or against the military in Ukraine, we should execute the plan that we told him we were going to execute, jot and tittle, And immediately, no discussion, no meetings of the National Security Council, decision made, execution mode.
1: French President Emmanuel Macron will win a second term in office. That's the projection Sunday from French polling agencies as well as Macron's ultra-conservative rival Marie Le Pen. If the projections are borne out by official results, Macron will be the first French president to win a second five-year term in 20 years. Le Pen has already conceded defeat, but called the results a victory for her ideas. Polling agencies project Macron will win at least 57% of the vote, while Le Pen will gain over 41.5%. Macron still faces a divided nation and a battle to keep his parliamentary majority in France's legislative elections in June. (music) Senator Elizabeth Warren is sounding the alarm, saying the Democrat Party could be in for serious losses in November. Warren says the time is short to enact some of the promises that handed the party the presidency, she believes and both chambers of Congress in 2020, and that voters will vote them out in 2022 if they don't act. Warren says the Democratic Party needs to do more for the American people.
3: We've got less than 200 days until the election and American families are hurting. Our job, while we are here in the majority, is to deliver on behalf of those families. And that means making government work for them. And there is so much that we can do, and so much, frankly, that is popular across the country, among Democrats, Republicans, and Independents.
1: Warren believes Democrats who can't deliver on campaign promises will lose the midterms.
3: I think we're going to be in real trouble. If we don't get up and deliver, then I believe that Democrats are going to lose. Democrats win when they do. what. When they work on behalf of working people, and we can't just rest on what we've already done, we need to be fighting going forward. There are things that the American people elected us to do, and we still need to get out there and do them. Um, We do that, then we're going to be fine at the elections that's how that's how democracy works especially when we're up against a party that just wants to fight culture wars that's not going to help people in their lives our job as democrats is to help hard-working americans and we can do that we can make government work not just for the billionaires not just for the giant corporations we can actually make it work for everyone but we need to get up and do it
1: U.S. Representative Henry Cuellar, a Democrat from Texas, says he's also worried about his party, saying, quote, some of the actions by the administration are not helping Democrats. NBC's Steve Kornacki echoed the sentiment by highlighting polling showing that Democrats are in major trouble
6: heading into the midterms. Again, just to underscore the point, you mentioned it. Here's the generic ballot right now. If you average our NBC polling, we've taken this a few times this year, on average, Republicans right now leading the generic ballot by a point. You know, in 2018, at this same point, it was Democrats leading by now. You could yep. see that wave coming in 2018. That one point, Democratic League, was very shaky in 2010. You could see Bush's big year for Republicans coming in 02, and you go back to 94. And again, it was 94 was a little different. This was the start of all of this, sort of the president comes in, loses control in the midterm. You couldn't quite see it coming in 94, but since then you have been able to.
1: White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says the Biden administration is still recommending individuals wear masks on public transit after a judge struck down the federal mask mandate for travel on planes, trains, and buses. Wisconsin Republican Congressman Mike Gallagher disagrees with the White House. Appearing on the Salem Radio Network, the congressman says he agrees with the judge's ruling that found the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention never had the power to issue such a mandate. Gallagher says the Biden administration was not ready for the federal transportation mask mandate to be rescinded.
6: Clearly, they got flat-footed by the judge's decision. And furthermore, there's just no scientific basis at present to maintain this mask mandate at all.
1: Gallagher also says the Biden administration is more concerned about the radical arm of the Democrat Party than the American people.
6: They know they're on the losing side of this issue, but the administration is so captive to the far left element of their base, which wants us to mask in perpetuity, they're unwilling to show any leadership on this front.
1: The Wisconsin congressman also says President Biden should stop blaming President Trump for maintaining mask requirements when they are no longer needed.
6: I think when we look back on this whole fiasco, that will be the most unconscionable thing that we've done throughout this, and, and it's far past time to blame you know the previous administration on this.
1: Former President Donald Trump held a Save America rally in Columbus, Ohio, Saturday to speak on behalf of some Republican candidates he's endorsed and to address what he sees as continued problems in the country. The 45th president addressed the crowd and addressed the failed foreign policies of the Biden administration and growing crime in Democrat-run cities. The former president says while he was in office, soldiers overseas were in less danger.
0: But you know what? For 18 months, we, had, we didn't have one soldier killed, not one. And yet in our Democrat-run cities, you have many people killed every week and you have people shot every week. Worse than Afghanistan by far. Hard to believe, right?
1: Trump says crime in major cities in Ohio run by Democrats is an all-time high.
0: In Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Dayton, all Democrat-run cities, you have skyrocketing murders, rapes, robbery shootings, and carjackings at levels that they've never seen before.
1: CNN Plus will shut down on April 30th, about a month after it was launched, with a $300 million investment. The new owner of the network, Warner Brothers Discovery, itself the product of a $43 billion merger between AT&T and the Discovery Network, decided a subscription-based streaming service was unfeasible. Only 100,000 users had signed up. The new chairman and chief executive of CNN, Chris Licht, said the decision to dump CNN Plus was the product of a uniquely bad situation. Charles Gasparino, Fox Business senior correspondent and New York Post columnist, weighed in on the loss of CNN Plus.
6: You know, we've been reporting that uh, the launch was horrible. It didn't sign up a lot of people. It was, uh, CNN kept denying it, but the numbers don't lie. And on top of that, you have to look at it this way. They're involved in a merger. Right, CNN is part of Warner, uh, Warner Media that has been bought by Discovery. They're merging it together. They have to get four billion dollars. Of course, they probably the lowest hanging fruit in that hole, in, in that mess that that David Zaslav, the head of Discovery, has to put together and, and squeeze savings out. Is CNN Plus? Because it's not really integrated. To be quite frank; it's not very good.
1: Gasparino also feels that the loss of CNN Plus may have something to do with the new direction of the network.
6: I think on top of that, what's going on you know, is a sort of change in direction for CNN, though, as well. And I, I think this is going to be more interesting going forward. It's Obviously, not, I don't think they could do this overnight.
1: Gasparino says that even though CNN Plus was touted as the savior of CNN, it was a
6: complete failure. It's a shame because they... I mean, they sold it to people that they hired, including people from our network, as the the savior of CNN. And it's, it's toast today.
1: A Virginia county greenlights a tower for Amazon. Daybreak Insider's Ron DeRochstra has that detail.
0: The Arlington County Board gave unanimous approval to the retail giant's plans to build a unique helix-shaped tower as the centerpiece of its emerging second headquarters in northern Virginia, expected to welcome some 25,000 workers when it's complete. The helix stands out among several office towers granted approval in the redevelopment plans. The spiral design features a walkable ramp wrapping around the building with trees and greenery planted to resemble a mountain hike. Rhonda Rockster reporting.
1: Former Senator Orrin Hatch, the longest-serving Republican senator in U.S. history, died in Salt Lake City on Saturday. Hatch, the former Senate President pro tem, served in the chamber for 42 years, from 1977 to 2019. The Hatch Foundation confirmed his death in a release, which did not include a cause. In his farewell address to the Senate, Hatch said that when he joined the Senate, things were a lot different.
4: Things weren't always as they are now. I was here when this body was at its best. I was here when the regular order was the norm, when legislation was debated in committee, and when members worked constructively with one another for the good of the country. I was here when we could say without any uh, hint of irony, that we were members of the world's greatest deliberative body.
1: Hatch went on to say that our nation's politics strive to find new lows and has put the Senate
4: in crisis. Limbo is the new name of the game. How low can you go? The answer, it seems, is always lower. All the evidence points to an unsettling truth. The Senate, as an institution, is in crisis, or at least may be in crisis.
1: The former senator made one final request on the Senate floor before his retirement.
4: Mr. President, this is the last request I will ever make from this lectern, that as a a Senate and as a nation, we listen to our better angels, that we recommit ourselves to comedy, that we restore civility to the public discourse that we embrace wholeheartedly the principles of pluralism, and that we strive for unity by rejecting the rhetoric of division.
1: Orrin Hatch was 88 years old. And finally, Eastern Orthodox Christians celebrated their annual Holy Fires ceremony at the Church of the Holy Sepulcher in Jerusalem this Orthodox Easter Sunday. The celebration comes amid rising Israeli and Palestinian tensions. Daybreak Insiders, Andrew Stewart, has
6: more. Eastern Orthodox Christians believe on the Saturday before Easter, a miraculous flame appears inside the Church of the Holy Sepulcher. On Saturday, the Greek patriarch entered a chamber within that church and returned with two lit candles. He then passed the flame to thousands of people holding candles. The flame will then be transferred to Orthodox communities worldwide on special flights. Subscribe to
1: the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us.